0: I'd like to tell you a story. Around the year 260 AD, a boy was born. Very sadly, his parents died while he was still young, but in doing so, they left him a reasonable fortune. As a young man, he became a devoted Christian. His belief in Jesus began to shape everything about his life. One day he heard of a local family who had fallen into poverty. The father was badly in debt and desperately needed money to pay off the loan sharks. If no money was found, he would soon be forced to sell off his three daughters into servitude. The young man, believing that Jesus would want him to do all that he could to help, came up with a plan. He wanted to use his fortune to support the family without it ever being found out that it was him that did it. So one night he dropped a bag of gold coins through the family's window and ran away. He then returned another night and dropped another bag of gold coins through the window and ran away. He then returned once more to drop a third bag of coins through the window. For you see, there was one bag for each of the daughters. This time he was disturbed. So he threw the coin through the window and they landed in some clothes hanging over the fire to dry. As he was fleeing the house, the father caught him and thanked him profusely. The young man made him promise not to tell a soul, unfortunately for him. That promise was broken. This act of generosity, however, was not a one-off. This young man went on to argue with the emperor, demanding a tax cut for the people, and he secured a shipment of grain for his community in a time of great famine. He was a real activist, a man of radical generosity who campaigned for social change. Eventually, this young man decided to give away his fortune and become a monk. From there, he went on to become Bishop of Myra in southern Turkey. And it was now that his passion for Jesus became really evident. In the year 303 AD, he was arrested by the Roman Empire. At that time, the Christian faith was seen as subversive to the decadent Roman values and a great persecution had broken out as a result. This man, now in his 40s, was thrown into jail and treated brutally. However, his faith never dimmed for a moment. He encouraged all the other Christian prisoners to stand firm and eventually he emerged from jail more determined than ever. A short time after that, there was a huge debate in the Christian world. A man named Arius had begun teaching that though Jesus was a good person, he was not really divine. He was not the Son of God. And a great council was held to debate this teaching and how to respond to it, a debate which Arius himself was invited to. As Arius was speaking, this man was so incensed by the lack of honour that he was giving to Jesus, the Jesus that he'd suffered for in prison, he got up, strode across the council floor, and struck him in the face. For this act, he was promptly sent home. However, it did his reputation no harm at all. By the time he eventually died in 335 AD, he had become a hero. A man of radical generosity, a passionate defender of the faith, a firebrand who loved Jesus and had given his life to see that Jesus got the honour and worship that he deserved. Now, why do I tell you this story? It's not very Christmassy, is it? Well, maybe when I tell you his name, things might start to make a bit more sense. You see, the name of this real historical man was Nicholas. And shortly after his death, due to the great impact he'd made on the lives of the poor, he was made a saint. He became known as Saint Nicholas. This is then the real life Santa. He didn't work with elves or fly around in a reindeer pulled sleigh. He was much Much better than that. The Santa that we know comes from the Coca-Cola adverts of the 1930s. It's completely lost touch with reality. The only link left between the real Nicholas and the modern day myth is this idea of generosity. Gold coins falling into clothes drying by the fire became chocolate coins or an orange in a stocking. I mean, how many parents this Christmas time are going to tell their children that Santa hit someone in the face and that he did it to defend the honour of Jesus? Every year in the West, Santa and his elves push Jesus further and further out of Christmas. The school nativity plays are being replaced by pantomimes from Lapland. The real-life Nicholas would have been ashamed. In fact, he would have been furious he would have been striding across the floor and striking us in the face as well. i told you this story because I want us all to see just how far we can lose touch with reality. And what is true for poor old Nicholas is also true for the real historical Christmas story as found in the Bible. If you want evidence of just how badly we are getting Christmas wrong, just look at the damage it is doing to people every year. In the run-up to Christmas, we have Black Friday, a name dripping with irony because it's the day that so many people in this country go into the red. Just after Christmas, we have Blue Monday, the day statistically when more people seek mental health support than any other. I've lost track of the number of people who've told me how tired and stressed they are leading up to this Christmas. They feel under pressure. They feel near breaking point. When the holidays finally do come, they will collapse in a stupor. Something is going very wrong here. This is not what God wants. Christmas is supposed to be the announcement of good news. It is a promise of something so incredible. It can light up our lives and keep us going no matter what trials come our way. As the real life Nicholas discovered when in prison. So just for a moment, I want to break through all the trappings, all the turkey, all the tinsel and get back to reality I want us to hear simply and plainly what Christmas is all about and the difference it can make to our lives. First of all, Christmas is about love, real love, a love that stands through all things. Love is so much more than a feeling, so much more than a warm, fuzzy emotion Any married couple will tell you that because those feelings come and go. Love is a choice. Love is the decision to regularly take action for the benefit of another, whether we feel like it or not. Action like Nicholas took for that family. I'd like all the parents here tonight to imagine something. Imagine giving up your children Like that indebted father nearly had to do in the Nicholas story. Imagine being in that position. You can't, can you? You cannot imagine any situation where you would give your children up. You just would not do it. You would rather give yourself over in order to protect them. That is the real Christmas. God loved human beings so much, he simply refused to give them up. So he gave himself. He put himself in harm's way. The Bible describes Jesus as Emmanuel, God with us. The virgin birth tells us that he was not just an ordinary human baby. The arrival in Bethlehem was the arrival of God himself into the world. Jesus looked down at us, saw the mess we were in, and made a choice. He made a decision to act for our benefit, knowing that he would have to give up so much to do it. He would give up the throne room of heaven for a dirty manger and straw. This is love, real love. And the most famous verse in the Bible describes it in this way. For God so loved the world... That he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God did the one thing that we all think unthinkable in order to help the human race. He gave his son, Jesus, who arrived in Bethlehem as the ultimate sign of love. Now if God has done this much... Do you think that love will ever run out? Do you think it gets turned off when the Christmas lights come down? Do you think it goes back into hiding until this time next year like Santa does? Of course not. The love of God never stops and never fails. It goes on and on and on. God loves you to the world and back. God loves you so much he wants to spend eternity with you. If you get back to the real Christmas story, you will discover real love. The love that every one of us needs to know. Second, the real Christmas story is about forgiveness. You know, this is what frustrates me the most about the Santa myth that we spread far and wide today. Santa only comes to those who are good. Santa only gives presents to children who are well behaved. Can you see the irony in this? The whole point of Jesus coming at Christmas was because we were bad. Was because we'd gone wrong. Was because we'd misbehaved. And the Bible calls it sin. Jesus didn't come to bless the good. He came to save the bad. And that includes all of us. I love the tale of a little boy who went upstairs to his bedroom to write a letter to God about what he wanted for Christmas. Dear God, he wrote, I've been very good these last 12 months. Please send me a bike. And he thought about that and figured that it wasn't quite truthful. So he screwed it up and started over. Dear God, I've been very good for the last three months. Please send me a bike. But then he thought, no, I can't even really say that. So he screwed it up again and he paced up and down thinking what he was going to write. Finally, he went downstairs to the lounge where there was a Christmas tree and beside it a model of the nativity scene complete with figures and animals. He picked up the Virgin Mary and went back upstairs to his bedroom. He took out a fresh piece of paper, sat down again at his desk and wrote, Dear Jesus if you ever want to see your mother again, (laughs) even an honest child knows they have not been completely good. They have done things that they regret. And from a very early age, we start carrying those regrets with us, don't we? Well, here is the good news. The real Christmas story is about forgiveness. What was it that the angel said to Joseph in his dream? Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you ought to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. You cannot appreciate the true Christmas without appreciating the true destruction that sin causes. Sin screws us up inside. It damages our relationships. It pulls families apart. And worst of all, sin separates us from the perfect holy God. The God who is the source of all life. And that is why the Bible says that sin ultimately leads to death. We all need our sin dealt with, or we cannot do it ourselves. <coughs> but if we get back to the real Christmas story, we will discover real forgiveness. Jesus came into the world as a human baby so he could die a human death on the cross. He came to take our place so he could give us his eternal life. That is the forgiveness that we all Need to know. And that then leads us to the final thing that I'd like us to understand about the real Christmas story. It is all about peace. In the prophecy of Isaiah, we read about the promise of a baby being born who would be the Prince of Peace. In Luke, as the angels sing their great song of praise before the shepherds, what did they declare? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. You see, with knowledge of the love of God and assurance of his forgiveness comes peace. We can have peace with ourselves. We no longer need to judge ourselves so harshly. We no longer need to carry that shame and guilt everywhere we go. We no longer need to work ourselves to the bone in order to try and prove ourselves and earn the affection and esteem of others. We can have peace from knowing that we are loved just as we are. And this peace stands in even the toughest of situations and it will be with us for all eternity. We can have peace with others. As more and more people turn to the baby Jesus and receive him into their lives, they become our family, our brothers and sisters. We become united by our bond in him. There is now a community that stretches right across the globe, across every barrier of race and gender and class, a community where all who love the Lord are welcome and experience peace. And finally comes the promise of peace to the world. You see, this Jesus who came into the world as a baby, fulfilling those centuries of promises that we read earlier, is promised to come back again. And when he does, all fighting will cease. All weapons will be disposed of. All animosity will stop. (coughs) And all will bow in worship of him All will live in peace. This Christmas baby is the only serious solution to the war in Ukraine and the horror between Israel and Gaza and any other conflict you might like to mention. It is a peace stemming from unconditional love and far-reaching forgiveness. A peace only found in the real story of Christmas. In Jesus, the baby who grew up to save the world. I want to encourage us all this Christmas to fight to get hold of reality. I don't mean going and punching people like Nicholas did. I'm not sure the Prince of Peace would appreciate that. But I do mean refusing to allow Jesus, the Son of God, to be taken out of your celebrations. This time of year is nothing if it is not about Jesus coming into the world to save us. If we hold on to the love and the forgiveness and the peace of this story, we won't be damaged by Christmas. We'll be built up and inspired by it. We'll have a new hope coursing round our veins that is so strong it changes who we are. Perhaps we'll even become a little bit like Nicholas, who served those in need around him and directed them to Jesus. Christmas is a time of generous giving. God gave his son. We are to give ourselves to love, forgive and bring peace to others, just like God has done for us.